0: It's time for JT
1: the Brick. The Raiders need a wake-up call right now. If you don't progress and get better, they will cut you or trade you. You don't throw the ball out of bounds when you're down eight. There is no excuse for that. Everybody knows that my philosophy is to play faster. Don't huddle up when you don't need to huddle up. Make the play simpler. Run simpler plays and run them faster. Run them until you're blue in the face and don't leave practice until the janitor says we're closing the lights out. You guys got to go home. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. Give the ball to Devontae, Jacoby, and Hunter and Michael Mayer. I don't care who the sixth receiver is. J.T. the Brick. Too many people are getting comfortable. Smarter. Smarter faster more explosive players who are disruptors everything that you could read that was negative and wasn't positive in this game i gave you in the first five minutes of the show and i do it five days a week on my radio show there's no sugarcoating here you're a raider fan act like it. get behind the team and now uh-oh
0: here's jt the brick welcome
1: back hour number two of the show it's a two-hour show however you get it we appreciate it you can get it on the podcast At LVSportsNetwork.com, Raider Nation Radio, wherever you download your podcast. Uh, Sad to see at the top of the hour, comedian Richard Lewis has passed away at the age of 76. I've seen Richard Lewis not live in concert, but many times in Vegas. I've seen him in restaurants. I've seen him walking through casinos. I've seen him at uh, charity events. I don't know him, but I saw him a buncher. He spent a lot of time here from Curb Your Enthusiasm all of his years as a comedian. Uh, This just broke via variety. Richard Lewis, the stand-up comedian who also starred alongside Larry David in Curb Your Enthusiasm, has died. He was 76 years old. Lewis announced last April that he'd been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and was retiring from stand-up comedy. I think a brilliant comedian, really unique style of comedy. He was great on Curb. I'm not a big Curb guy, but I've seen him, and some of his bits have been amazing. The Saturday Night Live years where he's hosted and been a part of. Just a great stand-up comedian. Gone too soon, Bobby, at the age of 76.
0: He also did some fantastic movies in the 80s also. Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Spaceballs, for example. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, he's got a great... Career. He's had a very good career. Richard Lewis, rest in peace. Freak, I don't even know if he lived out here because he was out here a lot. He also lived in Los Angeles, but a kind, generous man. Everybody is paying tributes to him. All right, let's get to the Carlson goal that put VGK up 3-1. to one. Big game in Toronto. It felt like a must-win game, and they really showed up and played hard.
0: Marceso and Brisson go after Tavares. Jonathan gets it. Carlson! Score! Marchessault to Carlson. Quick stick on a fall away. Beat Samsonov low on the left side, and the Knights strike in the final minute of the second period take a 3-1 lead.
1: Yeah, big there, and then so when you can get the big guns scoring, the goal scorers start to wake up. Vegas is a different team.
0: Now toward the goal, a backhand save, rebound off the post, another try, they score! It's so 4-1 Golden Knights. And it's a new career high for Jonathan Marchessault. For the first time in his NHL career, he has 31 goals. And-
1: That's a big number. And the final call, Bobby, if we can get to that, I thought this was a good game. I wasn't expecting this. If you bet on the game, a lot of people were fading VGK over the last couple of days. It just didn't look right. Eichel's wearing the red jersey, not backstone. Out an extended period of time, and Toronto just beat them pretty badly in Vegas here, so they bounce back and win in Toronto.
0: Hill watches the dump in come across his slot to the near boards. Pitched out by White Cloud as the clock runs out, and that is all she wrote. The Knights defeat the Leafs 6-2, snap a four-game skid, and halt the Leafs' win streak at 7.
1: There it is. That's uh, good friend Dan Duva on the VGK radio network. So nice to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, quick reminder, I'm in Vegas. We have the Stanley Cup now. We are the reigning Stanley Cup champions. People would beg for hockey content. I'm the only hockey show on right now. I am the only hockey show on in Vegas at noon. And we are the Stanley Cup champs. You better believe I'm talking about this big win and how they bounce back. Shane ninety kind enough to join us, the great, great television analyst for VGK. Shane, I I don't know if that was expected or unexpected, the way Toronto won here in Vegas and the streak that Toronto was on. How big of a win was that for Vegas?
2: Oh, it was a massive win, JT. Uh, when you look at it, you know, I think the Golden Knights certainly we, – we know the issues with the injuries, right? You mm. can't replace that. Uh, they did get Theodore back, who's been tremendous since returning. Um, and there's a belief in the room, but they—, they to be honest – it's been a long time since they have got to their game, to their identity, what they do well, and we know that's defending. And now they have their, you know, their top six back, their deep defense, where they got two healthy goalies. Um, I just think it was a point they weren't playing very well coming out of the break. Hmm. You know, the game against Edmonton, they won. I think Aiden Hill was fantastic. They played okay in that, and then just it, it just wasn't there for whatever reason, and that happens in a season. Um, They got better against Ottawa to start this trip. I think getting away, sometimes you just need to get away. Mm -hmm. When you're together on a trip, uh, you know, it's just the focus is hockey. That's it. Maybe that's what the guys needed to get together. Ottawa, they get a point out of that game, and there are steps in the right direction, which we've seen before. But it's a matter of taking that next step, and I think they did against Toronto. I look at that game, and to me, that's the team that we see when they're successful. The way they... Defended in their own end. The way they pushed to the outside, uh, you know, it was a complete effort. Goaltending was good. The defense, which is their strength, that group stepped up. They're still strong down the middle with Carlson, Waugh, and Stevenson. And then the depth guys. So uh, just an overall game in the right direction. Now that that presents the next challenge. Yeah, Continue Mar- to take steps forward. Don't step yeah. back.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. We just played before you came on a soundbite of so with a career high in goals already with a lot of games left. Uh, he's really been a catalyst here, and Carlson and so scored back-to-back to make a 3-1 and 4-1. How important is that to, is to get them both going on the same night at, over a 3-4 game run here with some big games coming up along with Barbashev?
2: Yeah, they, I think Barbashev and Nick Waugh, those two guys scoring, have been a while for them. Carlson and so they've just been consistent. so has been and I, I should have my notes in front of me, JT, I don't know what it was. I think it's, he got 14 goals in the last 16 games, something like that. It might be even more. I think only Matthews has scored more than him in that time period. He has just been red hot, new career high. Um, incredible what he's doing. Uh, you know, it's all he's seen him do is score goals, but, uh, and then Carlson, just his ability at both ends of the ice. Same with Nick was, tipped up Chandler, Stevenson had the two against Otto. So yeah, you need your leaders to lead. Absolutely. Your top guy's got to perform. And then, you know, opportunity for other guys to step up. Uh, you know, and, and play their game. And, and I think Bruce Cassidy is the best thing. There's, there's guys right now that can build their resume to to be a better player. Whether you're a depth guy that wants to move up the lineup, whether you're a guy getting an opportunity in the NHL, build your resume, make your case. You know, for your future, it's a great chance for them. So I think all those factors really came into play uh, against Toronto, and uh, certainly uh, they'll look to those top guys. You know, Petrangelo said it said. We have to lead and everybody kind of, you know, pull everyone along in these times.
1: Shane Knighty is our guest. I saw the president, Kerry Bullbolt's tweet out last night. The Knights also. The Golden Knights in 514 games played becomes the fastest franchise in NHL history to reach the 300 win mark, eclipsing the Oilers, who achieved the feat in 542 games. That's a big difference here. How important. You go to the Stanley Cup year one, you win the Stanley Cup year six, and the fastest team ever to 300 wins. Where does that milestone fall into the history of this franchise?
2: Well, I think it falls in with all of them. Like, yeah. They're all remarkable in what they've been able to do. And,
1: you know, it's
2: it really is fascinating when, you know, you sit down and I guess we're on air, We you know, we always got our stats and this, oh, it's another one of these, another one of these. But I think you know, you kind of sit back after it, and as you said, you look at you know what Edmonton did, and you, you look at the the history they've been setting for a new franchise. And, you know, still to me, the year one is, well, obviously winning the Cup in six, but going to the finals in that first season, to me, still still just boggles my mind. I think it was actually part of following that run. Um, but they continue to do it, right? It's, uh, you know, credit to, you know, Bill Foley for bringing the franchise, Kelly McCrimmon, George McKee, their staff for, for building this team, Kerry Bubbles for building, you know, everybody that's part of building this organization, mm-hmm. it just, it, it really has been an incredible run and something truly special to be part of. Um, and it's, uh, you know, you say we get excited. I know I'm on Vegas radio. I've been doing Canada radio mm-hmm. since we've been up here, and it's the reason a lot of places hate us. Yeah, <laughs> Simple yeah. As that right? Jealous of the success they've had. Where you look at these franchises, they've been around forever, looking. Uh, to find that success. The Golden Knights have found in six short years going into their seventh now.
1: Shane Knighty joins us. So as a former player and an elite broadcaster, what's it like on the road? I always you know, talk, talk to Gary about this. I know he likes a fine wine and a nice steak on the road, and he's pretty popular in Canada like you are. But when you assess and you get to the early skate and you get around the arena and you walk in the concourse, you get to the press box or broadcast booth, And you're starting to see more Vegas jerseys on the road. But I want to hear about the energy of the opposing fans, the home fans, when Vegas comes to town. How has that evolved over the last couple of years, Shan?
2: Oh, it really has. And, and, you know, theres I know not every broadcast carries it. But the best way, you know, Dave and I will, will always pull our headset off, you listen for the anthem. That tells you how many when it hits nights yes um that kind of gives you and every building there's a shout of certainly louder in some more than others but uh every road building has it and i think it's gotten louder and louder over the years so um you know it's great and i think it's great for the fan base it makes a better energy in building when there's fans on both sides Mm -hmm. Uh, you know certainly we see it in vegas right
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, it's well-traveled uh the Canadian we just saw Toronto. There was a lot of people there from Toronto when uh, when they won in that one. So anybody that was able to go to Toronto got a little bit of revenge back in that cheer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it creates for a good fan base and a, you know energy in the game. Um, but yeah, the Golden Knights certainly you know it's a brand and it's an organization that's grown so much as has the fan base. And you're mm-hmm. you're either on it or you're not. And uh, I think people who like success certainly are cheering for the yeah. Golden Knights because they've had a lot of
1: it. Shane, last one, uh, important one. I don't, I don't want you to play doctor here or GM on the radio, but with the Mark Stone injury and how long he could be out, uh, this is we're used to this kind of. He misses time, but he's the captain. He was brilliant in the Stanley Cup run. You expect Vegas to be active? I don't know particularly the money they have to move around and go out and get a player, but there's a lot of good players on teams that aren't going to contend this year. What do you think happens?
2: Well, I think if anything, we've seen, you know, Telling their George George McShee have done a good job. Yeah. If they have an opportunity to make their team better, they will. I don't think they're going to do it, uh, you know, at the sacrifice of losing something important. But mm. if there's a move that makes sense, and then, you know, yeah, some of that's going to depend on Mark Stone. I really haven't heard a lot, you know, hopefully uh, whether they're still evaluating or whatever with him, knowing what that situation is, how long, everything. Uh, mm. That will determine, you know, probably how much they can do. Uh, certainly, the salary cap comes into play when all these decisions are made. But uh, uh, the one thing, yeah, if there's a move to be made that uh, that makes sense and is going to make the team better. Uh, certainly, uh, we've seen seen from the past the Golden Knights aren't afraid to do it, and uh, you know I think that gives energy to the group. That shows every year they're in a position that hey, you we want you to win this. We're going to put every you know give you every option and, and asset possible to make that happen. So that, that's really encouraging as a player when you're part of that, too, as
1: well. Thank you, Shane. I'll see you when you get off the road at the Fortress. Always appreciate talking to
2: you. Always a pleasure, JT. Have a great day. Thank you.
1: There you. he is, Shane Knighty. How great is it to talk to him? And coming up next, the biggest game of the year, Vegas at Boston. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Boston his, Boston could have won the last three cups in a row. They didn't. They're bitter. They want to win, they get Vegas once a year in their building. This is it. They get the Stanley Cup champs in Beantown. This is going to be good. I will not miss that game. I will watch that from beginning to end and listen to it on the flagship station. Okay, good. Jim Miller joins us. Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio, man. You text and they come. We appreciate Jim joining us, former Bears quarterback, and the flagship show on NFL Radio. Jim, good to talk to you, my friend. I want to begin. You cover a lot of NFL events. What jumps out at you? Why do you love the Combine so much?
3: Well, I, I think when you just go back, uh, you know, in terms of the measurables and how guys test out here, it's it's pretty, va- it's pretty valuable. You know, obviously the medical testing is the, the big part of it. We're all 32 teams. You can get all the MRIs, all the medical answers that you're looking for because let's be honest, every team has to have a medical advantage, you know, in terms of players. There'll be, I know one team already that has crossed a player off the board Another team has kept a player on, uh, and that's about the UCLA pass rusher, Latou. You know, and how his grade comes out medically, I think will give the teams the medical competitive advantage that they're looking for on these players.
1: Jim, I'm fascinated with Russell Wilson. I'm fascinated on this veteran minimum deal compared to the $39 million owed by denver this is one of the biggest game changers i've ever seen it's rare unless you're a a backup quarterback or a quarterback way out of your prime and done where you could play for that cheap and you got a quarterback who could be a hall of famer with that much guaranteed money owed to him give me a couple of options on how you think this could play out for him
3: yeah i'm I'm actually surprised i thought you know russell wilson played pretty well last year his numbers were not bad at all, from from my opinion. What Where went wrong with him and, and Sean Payton, I don't know. You know, and why Sean kind of basically undressed him on the sideline in, in that screaming uh, tantrum that, that he had. You know, the money that he's owed obviously is a big hit to the Denver Broncos. To me, I would think that they're going to try to approach him to take a pay cut. Now, whether he'll agree to that and that another team, if he were to be traded, or that he signed for an elite minimum deal, I just think that's going to be very difficult to do. To me, if he were to be traded, it's going to have to be a deal like Ryan Tannehill when he was traded from Miami to Tennessee, where mm-hmm. basically Tennessee picked up a lot of his contract because that's really the only way they're going to get any value back or even money back from uh, Denver Broncos' side. And it'll be for minimal compensation. You know, a six-round pick, maybe a fifth-round pick, it will not be much if you're taking on that big of a contract.
1: Why would Russell Wilson do any favors to Denver or want to negotiate that way? I mean, Denver obviously has the leverage here because he's a Denver Bronco and they're in control, but they, I don't want to say did him dirty. You played in the league. We know uh, similar people here. This is business here. But I really feel like Russell Wilson's got a super chip on his shoulder. This is the one thing that could aggravate him, motivate him, maybe bring him back to his roots as a football player, not the roots of a celebrity, which he's been the last couple of years. I think he's got a lot to play for, but it's got to be the perfect fit. And Peter King said earlier, it seems like Pittsburgh is a great landing spot for him. Do you agree?
3: Um, Yeah, I think either there or Atlanta would be a – a soft landing spot, but you're right. Russell should not be motivated to do anything with, mm-hmm. with his contract. And I just think for, for Sean Payton, who became the head coach there and basically he wanted to coach Russell Wilson. I don't know how they can't work this out. In, in my opinion, that's, you know, Sean is a very skilled play caller. Um, but you bring up good points. I think Pittsburgh could be a destination for him. Uh, Atlanta could be a destination for him. But there, there is few and far between, in, in my opinion.
1: Jim Miller is our guest. So, Jim, we know Jaden Daniels won't throw there, and Caleb Williams. Where do you stand on that? In all your years of watching these quarterbacks throw or wait for the pro day, and seems to be it's all about leverage and the agent. And if the agent doesn't want you to throw at the combine, I just found out that Marvin Harrison might not have a pro day, let alone run at the combine and be there at all. How's that evolved over the last maybe five to ten years?
3: Yeah. You know, I think you're seeing more and more players do it. To me, it's not going to hurt you, in my opinion, unless you unless you really you know, are injured and they have to pull you out of a, a drill. I've got to be honest. I mean, when I watched Cam Newton throw down at the com- combine, he, he missed a lot of throws. But mm-hmm. you could see his arm strength, his physical stature, just how physically gifted he was. It did not hurt him. He still went first overall to the Carolina Panthers. So, You know, I like to see the guys throw because I like to compare apples to apples. You know, minimum, everybody just thinks it's about their pro day. It's not about that because any team that's in the top ten, they will be physically working you out themselves, all right? They will take you through their workout, not your workout. So anybody can go out there and throw in shorts and a T-shirt when nobody's pass rushing you. Certain teams will, you know, really construct the workout a lot different than what their pro day is going to be.
1: Jim Miller is our guest. Another thing, Jim, when you and Pat were talking about the salary cap going up, it went up significantly. So teams that are always in cap hell, like New Orleans, they redo Derek Carr's deal, and they try to give some bonus money. Have you changed your opinion with this particular year and the growth explosion of the cap on maybe some teams that don't want to spend money in free agency, that rather do it through the draft and resign their players this year should make an exemption to get one really big name if they can?
3: Yeah, I mean you basically each team got 30 million dollars more. You know, mm-hmm. but that yeah. doesn't mean yeah, that doesn't mean that they have cash to cap because you just mentioned how New Orleans still has to clear up a lot of, you know, their dead weight is what they're doing. It's hard to just kick the can down the road like what Mickey Loomis has been doing, but nobody wields a pen stronger than him. How he's able to do this every single year, but again, it's a credit card that they're going to have to, at some point, pay off down the road. Uh, but teams that have a lot of, lot of cap space right now, yeah, they're going to be players in, in free agency, and they're going to be willing spenders. There are teams out there that have close to $100 million to $80 million, say a team like the Chicago Bears, that will be, that will be players in free agency again, plus re-signing their own, whether it's Jalen Johnson and other players that they're going to target that they want to return to the Bears.
1: Jim Miller joins us. Let's go with your former team, the Bears. If it comes down to players that we've seen over the last 20 years and the best of the best, Andrew Luck and obviously Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes didn't go number one. I think Caleb, I saw him play at Oklahoma his first game when he threw six touchdowns, watched him live at USC. I think he's a generational talent. I think he's worthy of three first-round picks, everyone else two or maybe one. What does your notes and analysis think of Caleb, especially with Chicago? If Chicago plays games here and messes this one up and Caleb Williams turns out to be not Mahomes, that's going to be hard to do, but elite, uh, Chicago could be haunted for this, Jim, if they don't take him.
3: Yeah, well, think about it. They passed up C.J. Stroud last year, who was Rookie of the Year with a first-time head coach and a first-time play caller. So I'm with you. I think the Bears have to get this right. I I do think, like you said, obviously Caleb Williams is extremely talented. But I will say this. Probably who's not being talked enough about is Jaden Daniels from LSU. Mm. Don't be surprised, you know, that he's going to go a lot higher than what people think. He may even leapfrog Drake May, uh, some people in the know that I've talked to. So he is gaining some steam right now. But you like your question. In, In Chicago right now, there's like a civil war. Because half the half the the fan base wants to pick a quarterback and move on from Justin, and the other half want to trade down and acquire more assets for for Justin Fields. I don't see why the Bears can't do both. You know, people think I'm crazy when I say this. Go back to the uh, at that point the San Diego Chargers. They had Drew Brees and they drafted Eli, but of course traded Eli to the Giants for Phillip Rivers. So they drafted Phillip Rivers, essentially, in the first round. Guess what? Phillip Rivers, as a first-rounder, sat on the bench. And Drew Brees played so well that they had to franchise tag Drew Brees. I think it's kind of a similar situation for Mm -hmm. Chicago. Everybody knows Justin Fields is talented. It's just it hasn't been consistent enough from him. So I don't think any of these guys are finished products coming out in the draft. So I think you still draft your guy at the number one uh, spot in Chicago. You don't put the fifth-year option on Justin, and you let it play out. If he plays so well, you just put the franchise tag on him and let the young quarterback continue to mature. The Bears got themselves in this position by playing Mitchell Trubisky way too early and also playing Justin Fields way too early. He was not ready to play that first year when the Bears selected
1: him. Jim, finally, as I'm out here in Vegas and Antonio Pierce was connected to Jaden Daniels at ASU before LSU, all of a sudden look up and Jaden Daniels is in the cigar party after the game. He's in there with Plunkett and Flores, and I'm like, whoa, look at this connection. Raiders are at 13. Connect the dots with Tom Telesco from the Chargers being the Raiders GM, Antonio Pierce, Who's out there very vocal and what it would cost to go up from number three to number two or from number thirteen, excuse me, to number three? Do you see a couple of teams out there outside the top ten that will leapfrog and give up two to three first-round picks to make the move? Uh,
3: yeah, I think they would because I think everybody mm-hmm. knows you need a quarterback in this league, you know, in order to win. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes. You just look at the AFC quarterbacks right now. I mean, with Mahomes, Josh Allen. Joe Burrow, I mean, it is just stacked. And, uh, and how well that those young quarterbacks have played. Even look at the playoffs. The only team that didn't have a first-round quarterback was the 49ers, right? Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. who's the anomaly. Mm-hmm. Every other team in the playoffs had a first-round quarterback that they selected. So you got to hit the right guy. And, yeah, I think you give up what you need to give up in order to go up there and get the guy that you
1: want. Thanks so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. All right, you too, JT. Thank you, Jim. Jim Miller, really good guest. Nice that we could get him with the combine here. We're killing it with good combine guest, Vinny Bonsignor today, Jim Miller, and from the Raiders digital team coming up next, Levi Edwards. We'll jump on the brick link, as we call it, the Comrex. Q's got the equipment out there at Indy, so we're able to do some real flagship radio. This is how you run a flagship station. You got boots on the ground in Indy, and we talk to them live. We take you right into the combine on Radio Row, where Q Myers will join us tomorrow. And I don't know who else I can get there. There's a few more guests that we're texting and reaching out to, trying to get guys and gals who are inside the combine. Levi Edwards will join us on the other side. What do I got today? We got Resorts World. I'm heading over there after the show. They got a new restaurant opening we were invited to because we're their partner, so we can talk about it. Thursday night, I'll be on the Third Street stage on Fremont Street for National Rugby League. Excited about that. Saturday I'll be at the rugby games at Allegiant and Sunday I'll be at the Las Vegas motor speedway. That's sports. This is Vegas
3: Well, I mean you'd always want toughness um, you know, but that's a good question as far as you know, there's not always a lot of carryover from one year to the next. We think there is, if there's not, but there are certain things that are, and the culture you've built is part of that, and that toughness is part of that, which Antonio has already kind of instilled in the football team, so that we can really build on moving forward. I've got, I've got everybody here today. Look at this. Um, but, yeah, that's something we can't build on, but, you yeah, know, that's something we're, we're looking for anyway. Like, this, this is a tough league. you got to have that, that element no matter what.
1: KT, back with you. We're getting some combine talk going. Levi Edwards will join us momentarily. We'll get him on the set there as we continue on. I wanted to share it with everybody what I did last night. I emceed a chalk talk at the Raider facility for Ticketmaster, proud partner of the Raiders, and there were season ticket holders who were there. There's probably 20 or 30 season ticket holders, a small group, and the uh, player, former player I interviewed, was James Falston. James Falston played linebacker for the Raiders. From 94 to 98, he's 52 years old. He's got six kids. He lives in Cocoa, Florida, right by Cape Canaveral, and was a really good Raider. And now he's a high school football coach who's won a couple of national championships. His son, he had two sons, play one play at Notre Dame, one play at Pitt. He's got four daughters who all ran track. What a story. Just an amazing guy to interview. Tremendous guy to interview. A lot of times I interview... Um, certain people, I don't know a lot about them James Falston, I didn't know a lot about 94 to 98, I started with the Raiders in 98 So anyway, we're going through questions What's your greatest game? What, what are you doing? And what's going on with your life? When we talk about, give me your best Al Davis story This or that And the question I always ask at these chalk talks is Who's the greatest teammate you ever had? And who's the greatest opponent you ever played against? And he said, well, opponent's easy It was Emmett Smith he talked about playing against Emmett Smith, practicing against him at Raiders camp when they did camps with the Dallas Cowboys. And he said the greatest teammate of his career was Tim Brown. And he said because Tim Brown had a plan every morning and a plan every night before he went to bed. I loved hearing that. There were a couple of kids in the crowd who were like 8, 10 years old and looked up and were like, man, that's important. And I stopped and I said, did you hear what he said? He got up every day with a plan and went to bed with his plan for the next day. And then he mentioned this about Steve Wisniewski. Two players he mentioned, Steve Wisniewski and Levi's available. Let's get to Levi in one minute. I just want to share the story. So James Falston mentioned that Steve Wisniewski on a Monday after a Sunday game, big offensive lineman would come to the practice facility and run three miles. So no one did that. He'd ran three miles on a Monday. And then he mentioned Russell, Maryland. And he told the story about Russell, Maryland. And he said they get off the team plane at 2 in the morning and Russell, Maryland would go right to the weight room and bench press. (laughs) Like, whoa, I never heard that story. So James Folston, really good conversation. Levi Edwards looks like he can bench press and break that record of, Levi, can you throw up 225 how many times? What could you do today?
4: Well, that's a great question, JT. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really realistic with myself. I'm okay. not going to lie to these people. Um, I think I'm good for about 10 to 15.
1: So you can throw up 225, 10 to 15. I'm going to give you 15. And uh, do you ever get a chance to watch that? Because a lot of people, the power lifters, the bodybuilders, love to watch those reps. And the records kind of get broken every year. There's always an offensive lineman that comes along and breaks the record. I think the record's 50-something, James Falston told me, because he did like 28 when he came out as a defensive end linebacker. I love watching that at the Combine.
4: Yeah, no, I do too. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was able to sit down and watch the offensive lineman do it, because obviously you, you want to see mm-hmm. the big guys in there doing it. You know, I'm not going to know if it's mm-hmm. skill position players, but you know I need to see some big guys throwing up weight. So uh, I saw the offensive linemen do it a couple of years ago, and it's, man, like the the 30s, the 40s, yeah. the guys that are going like that, man, I feel like I'm about to collapse and die, you know, about <laughs> 8, 9 in, let alone these guys doing it 30, 40 times. So. And that's why they're in the NFL. That's why they're about to get paid because they can do that.
1: All right, so you sat in on the Antonio Pierce scrum today at the table. Uh, Members of the media were there. What were some of your big takeaways from Jaden Daniels? He's asked a lot about the quarterbacks and what's going to go on there and how to bolster the secondary. Give me a couple nuggets from that sit-down.
4: He said a lot without necessarily saying a whole lot, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. He was just very to the point. He's very open with us, and that was really great to where he was like, look, this is what I'm looking for. You see the holes. Uh, really I just want to add competition to this team and go from there and he said no one is excluded from competition this is a production based business everybody's going to get competition it doesn't matter who you are or what your status is on the team we're trying to get better at every single position and so whether it's quarterback, whether it's defensive line, offensive line, secondary, those were the positions that he was alluding to. However, that's no exception for the for the Max Crosby's or the Devontae Adams or the Jacoby Myers of the world. Mm-hmm. These guys, you know, are going to get uh, their best shot every day in training camp and in these practices. So how do you get their best is by bringing in other guys that's going to push them. And so I'm really excited to see what they're able to do in terms of adding competition, adding depth to this roster because Antonio Pierce, he said it. He was like, we're a couple of pieces away. And he that this free agency period and this draft are going to be two great opportunities for them to get that.
1: Levi Edwards joins us live from the Combine in Indianapolis on Raider Nation Radio. I was excited that you got a chance to talk and be in front of Byron Murphy there, the big Texas defensive tackle a lot of people on mock drafts think he's a realistic shot if he's still on the board at 13, and the Raiders don't get a quarterback with that first pick. What were your takeaways from his conversation?
4: He definitely is a guy that he talked about beating Alabama. A uh, sore spot for me being a, a Birmingham, Alabama uh-huh. native. Uh, may or may have not been a Roll Tide fan at some point in my life, so he said that was his crowning moment, so that, uh, that hurt a little uh-huh. bit, but... He, he seemed like a really well-put-together guy, seemed very uh, – something that he pointed out was he believes he's the best he tackle in the draft because of the effort that he gives. He believes that nobody's going to work harder than he does. And when you look at his tape at Texas and uh, the duo that he had with Tavondre Sweat, you literally could not run the ball on Texas. With those two guys in the gaps like that, like, you had to find another way to beat them. You could not run the ball on them. It just wasn't going to work on them that day. So – I really do believe that at 13, if he's still there, that definitely be a great pick. And the overwhelming positivity from the nation uh, when I was there, you know, talking to him and just saying what he said about playing next to Max Crosby and how great that would be, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that it definitely would be a nice value pick for a team that definitely is looking for interior linemen. And even uh, you know, Pierce today when we were talking to him in our scrum, he also said that as well, that that's a, a position of need that he would like to go after is some guys inside that you can pair next to Malcolm Coons and Max mm-hmm. Crosby. And you, he's going to try to put Tyree Wilson a little bit more inside as well. So he's definitely looking for speed guys that can come off the ball really fast and pass rush inside. and. You know, Byron Murphy, he's a guy that can do it all. He can pass rush. He can get Mm -hmm. to the run side. I really like him as a prospect.
1: Levi Edwards live from the combine in Indianapolis exclusively on Raider Nation Radio. So, Levi, if the first three quarterbacks are gone in the first five picks, I think that's a lock. Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, who played at Bishop Gorman, the receivers, it's a really strong receiver class. And there's three tackles that are on Mel Kuyper's board and a couple other boards that could go in the top 12 or 13, and you just mentioned a defensive tackle that could drop to the Raiders or be there. It seems like the offensive linemen that are elite, the three that are elite, the tackles, one could be available for the Raiders at 13, and I think the Raiders need a tackle opposite Colt Miller, but I think the priority is defensive tackle and a starter in the interior, as we just talked about there. Do you think the offensive linemen are worth us examining a little bit more because that's still a need for the silver and black? I
4: definitely would agree that it is a need and is worth evaluating. However, I will say just from my initial evaluations of this draft class is that defensive tackles might be a little bit more of a premium Mm -hmm. just because of how stacked the offensive line class is this year in this class. There are so many great offensive linemen coming out to where even if the Raiders miss on one of those top three or top four offensive linemen in the draft, they could come back in the second round and they can get an offensive lineman Mm -hmm. who they had with a first round draft draft grade. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? There's a lot of tackles on both sides of the ball that could easily go first round in any draft. So for you to be able to maybe scoop one of them up later or maybe trade back in into the first round some kind of way, or even trade back and get more picks, that would be huge because mm-hmm. there's so many great offensive linemen when you look at this draft class from top down. So if you were going to stick at 13, I feel like you know there, there might be a little bit more of a drop-off between the mm-hmm. top defensive tackles and interior linemen compared to mm-hmm. the ones that you could get later in the draft. So me personally, I would probably be looking a little bit more at bolstering that side of the line Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier in the draft.
1: Hey, finally, Levi, a kid who grew up in my backyard played a Bishop Gorman safety, Jaden Hicks. You played a Washington State, it's a dear family friend of ours. He's running on Friday at noon. We're having a watch party at my house with a bunch of my uh, son's friends, and the 40's fun because I saw Trey Tucker. Raiders tweeted that out. I'm sure you saw him run the forty. I think it was four four one. What he was able to run, uh, I find that to be the most exciting. I'm not a cone drill guy. And, look, when the quarterbacks throw, it's great to see. I like a pro day a little bit more than the combine throws. But nothing beats the 40, man. And back in the day, you'd see Mr. Davis sitting right there uh, on the field, right? Tom Coughlin's up there. You had the Bill Parcells crew. You're still a little young for that, but uh, do you like to look at the trees and coaches that sit together? Because that's one of the things I like watching the combine is seeing – Coaches from different teams sitting together because that's their tradition, and they do it every year in Indianapolis.
4: Most definitely, it has uh, almost like a like a like a class reunion kind mm-hmm. of feel yeah. to it, if that makes any sense. Because you see so many guys from different teams that are now GMs or that are now coaches, you could just kind of see them, not even just at the combine watching drills, but just in random random restaurants or in coffee shops or in random places Mm -hmm. just around the city just hanging with each other because, you know, they were quality control coaches together back in whatever year it was. Or, you know, they were with another team doing this and that and just the camaraderie that these guys have to where, you know, despite, you know, we're going to try to beef up our team the best that we can, and it is definitely competitive in this league. However, this is still a brotherhood. The NFL is a brotherhood, and and Mm -hmm. the – fact that they can do what they do and have a passion for it is great and you can just see that they're really happy just kind of mm-hmm. you know being together really just watching ball because it's a game that we all love it's just ball
1: you got it have a good rest of your trip there looking for all your content what's your next article coming out what can we look for from you and the digital team coming right out of the combine
4: well you you know we've been uh, getting after it. we had some stuff on telesco and his presser out yesterday mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we're going to have a couple of stories on some players that we've been looking at in mm. terms of, you know, from the podium perspective. We have a Barry Murphy story coming out soon. Peyton Wilson, Jaden Daniels is going to be coming out soon. We have AP story coming out from, you know, his interview that he had today. And uh, by the way, let me give you a little spoiler alert. Your uh, your homeboy, Jaden Hicks, there might be a story out on him too. Whoa. Uh, Vegas local guy. So you might want to stay yes. tuned to Raiders.com so you can read that. I know he talks tomorrow at 930, so uh, I'm ready for for it
1: Please do. Again, like he if I, I'm not gonna go and say he's like a son to me. He's not, but we grew up and I watched every game that he played and, and we loved the kid and you know my son's involved with him now in business and I'd love to see him have a great forty and a good day out there. So I'll be counting on you to let me know what that sounds like too. Good talking to you, Levi.
4: Most definitely you have a good one, JT. All right,
1: Levi Edwards over at the desk there, over at Radio Row or Q is coming up next, live from Indianapolis. Nice job. Check the box. Check the box. We're doing programming from Indianapolis because Q went and brought Vinny, and Vinny went there on his own, Vegas Nation. How we ever went there, appreciate that. We can't go on these trips without our partners. We have partners here that do business with us, enables us to travel, do Super Bowl Radio Row, including Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. You know, I send everybody to Grimaldi's, home of the $50 Grimaldi gift card. Uh, We're going to be doing a remote from Grimaldi's, my first one ever, The date is coming up here quickly when we finalize it. We'll be in Boca Park outside on the deck at Grimaldi's. I'll be giving out slices of Brooklyn Bridge. We'll have a lot of fun. The Caprizi salad, the wine, the beer. Everything is great there. I love Grimaldi's. I'm a New Yorker. I know pizza. I don't do pizza reviews. We have other friends in the pizza market, but the ones who are doing business with me are Grimaldi's, and it's true. It's the best pizza I ever had. Grimaldi's, proud partner of our show. Show's going. You know, we're almost done here. Get it to Q from Indy, and he's going to have a lot to say. Fresh interviews. He was in the Antonio Pierce discussion today, so he'll tell you all about that very quickly. Raider Nation Radio is starting your year off with a chance to win the jackpot. So here's what we do. You can win $2,024 every day. All you got to do now is text to the number 702-365-365. 9,200, the code word of today on February 28th is Rebels. Nice day for that as the Rebels beat a really good Wyoming team. They're better than Wyoming, but they almost choked that game away, and they didn't choke it away. They choked away They choked away the regular portion of the game in regulation, but they won it in overtime. So text REBELS to 702-365-9200. That's the daily keyword of the day, every day, your opportunity to win two thousand twenty-four dollars. Yes, Bobby, I got my live read in. I did for you. I did for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a, Look, I'm not the t-shirt guy. I'm not the giveaway popcorn guy. I, you got to earn it. You got to call in if you want free stuff. You got to call in on the raiders with something that I'll remember, and I'll give you all the free stuff you want—koozies, cups, shirts, all that. But you got to earn it. The way the Raiders want you to earn it this year. Raiders are going to have a big year. I'm confident.
4: Since, wait, since we're here, hold on. But I mean, what's we're not the, what's, well, No, 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 no. no, no. Since yo. we're here.
2: All right, come
4: on. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that?
2: Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so seriously? Like? <laughs>
4: <laughs> but like why are you, why are you gonna fall the Bears? Like I still mess with the Bears. Isn't that? I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm following with the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. Really? That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't follow them? Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, It's, okay. it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess
2: just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either keep Fields. We want Fields to the drive Taylor. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over.
1: Justin Fields on following the Bears going on vacation. I'm good with that. My kids convinced me that. It's all right, Dad, you go on vacation. You don't want to see yourself all over the Internet. JT, back with you. we got sound we like to play because Bobby puts it together, and we want to play it for a reason. Ryan Poles, the GM of the Chicago Bears, finally getting around to a trade. Will he trade Justin Fields as it looks like they're going to take Caleb Williams?
3: If you decide to draft a quarterback, what is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a free on that?
4: Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, No one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization.
1: Yeah, it sounds like they're going to do them right. They're not going to look to do them badly on purpose. I hope not. Justin Fields is a good kid. We got the Otani home run. Bobby, this is a big one because, Tim, listen to this. Otani, who's not going to pitch this year, went the opposite way.
0: Three and two to Shohei Otani. Swung on, hit high in the air to left and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone. It is Dodger debut.
1: That's what they've been waiting for. That's Tim Neverett on the call. We had him on earlier this week. How cool was that? We had Tim on, and he calls the first ever Ohtani home run, spring training. But Tim Neverett gets the acknowledgement for that. And the Cleveland half-court game winner last night. Wow, my phone was blowing up. Didn't see it live. I saw it a few minutes afterwards. Here's how it sounded in Cleveland. Cavs
0: out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Can't win! This place is going crazy! 121-119 in one of the most incredible endings you will ever see.
1: That was that good. Cavaliers Radio, that was a real buzzer-beater half-court to win. UNLV won last night in Wyoming. I'm a big fan. I'd say friend. I've known Kevin Kruger a long time. Going back to when he played for his dad Lon and I work with Lon every year. He's kind enough to include me. Lon is kind enough to include me along with some other friends for the you know, great work they do with coaches versus cancer. So I want Kevin to stay here. I'm a I'm a biased Kevin Kruger guy. But Kevin's got to earn his way to keep his job. And last night was a really important moment. I'm not I don't know if they're gonna make the tournament. They gotta get hot in the Mountain West tournament. We know that. I'm talking about the NCAA tournament. But I believe the Rebels have a good coach in Kevin Kruger. I think he's a very good, fundamental, sound coach. But yesterday, his team fell apart in regulation, turning the ball over, throwing it out of bounds, and you put that on the coach. If you can't get the ball in bounds, coach's got to do a better job coaching you. And what I loved about Kevin Kruger last night is when they got to overtime, calm and cool, nobody panicked, and they blew him out in overtime and won the game. Nobody cares other than the, the win. As I said on Twitter, take the win. Take the win. It wasn't pretty. Get the win. Now hopefully UNLV Rebel Basketball can play pretty hot here. Again, Richard Lewis passed away today, the comedian who had deep roots in Vegas. A lot of people are going to be talking about that. I'm done for the day. I'm going to throw it to Q. He's on the set, ready to go in Indianapolis, live from the Combine. Oh, big shows the rest of the week. we got a lot of guys we're going to be talking to. Ty Gibbs, uh, Joe Gibbs' grandson, one of the NASCAR drivers, who's a big up-and-comer. He's going to join us. Tomorrow, we're going to have Q live from the Combine. Also, some other guests that I'm working on. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the flagship of the Raiders. FIBA! FIBA! Raiders! 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 Raiders!
2: Appreciate it. Thank you, guys.